this episode one the last episode in quotes episode zero um we're not fully satisfied we threw it out there we're on apple podcasts and spotify and amazon music and i don't even know amazon had music yeah they have like (laughs) amazon music slash podcasts amazon Um, government yeah um yeah all the major podcast platforms we got some feedback we appreciate the Mm -hmm. feedback um yeah so do you want to run over like what some of the feedback was yeah so we'll get to that more earlier when we talk about like what this podcast is actually going to be okay but um the first episode episode zero was like we're kind of all over the place we talked about ignite which like not only some people had context for what ignite was and so it's kind of random. It was relevant, though. It was. It's good. Discussion. So, what we want out of this podcast is to produce relevant topics and things that people want to hear. Well, but also things that we're interested in. Yes, we yeah, also sure. want it to not only be for other people but for us because that's the best way to be genuine. Because we're young, we're not experts in we're experts in a lot of things, but also <laughs> not experts <laughs> not in a me. lot of things. So, I mean, we don't want to be naive but we also want to make quality content. And I think we can bring people on, too, to help us out with that, that know more than we do, and they can teach us a few things. You know what's interesting? Malcolm Gladwell says that you need 10,000 hours to be an expert at anything, but no one is really an expert at being a person, even though we've been alive for way more than 10,000 hours. How long is Mm 10,000 hours in days? Oh, calculate it. Being a person is too general of a topic to be an expert on that's fair they can't get 416 days so that's like a little over a year jeez all i need is Uh, a year of of doing something to be an expert on it no that's that's straight though that's like effort like true 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 Ten thousand hours of effort right yeah good to know um you want to get into introductions yeah so episode zero we don't know if it'll be up after this podcast or if we'll take it down. Either way, uh, I introduced myself in that podcast. I'll do it again. My name is Simon Luganbuehl. I'm from Philadelphia, PA, and I love Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I am Winston Frager. I'm from Bluffton, Indiana. Currently, well, we're all ex- we're all at Purdue, so I'll just say that for everyone. I'm going for civil engineering, and let's see, like some fun facts, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, Talk to me. I can solve a Rubik's Cube under 10 seconds. Insane. I can juggle. Um, you can do a split. I like fun facts. Huh? You can do a split. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can <laughs> yeah. do a front split. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. I have a general interest in pretty much everything. I love learning. So, all right, Drew? Uh, I'm Drew Platner from West Lafayette, which is where Purdue is located. Um. Uh, my major is business analytics and information management. It's the full title of the major. 
Um, and some fun facts. Um, I love to golf. Favorite sport, both to watch and play. It's uh, uh, not for many, but I like it. How um, do you think about disc golf? It's far inferior. Really? Yeah. I can't swing a golf club for my life. So no. we'll have to I'll go stick sometime. With frisbee golf. Yeah. I've been golfing three times in my life. I think I'm around the same. Yeah. I think I'm around the same. The yeah. place that I worked this summer gave me free golfing, so Ooh, nice. yeah, I wanted nice. to take advantage of it because, like, I've never, never done it before. So I just borrowed my uncle's clubs, and then that's yeah, a ton of fun. Yeah, I got it a few times. Uh, one more fun fact is, I love the author C.S. Lewis. I've read a lot of his works. Um, this past summer, I got to go to Oxford, where he lived and Holy taught, crap. <laughs> and I got to. He sat in the same pew at his church every Sunday, and I got to sit in that spot in the pew. That's so cool. Wow. Um, Are you an expert in C.S. Lewis? Uh, I haven't put in 10,000 hours, I don't think. I've put in I've put in a lot of hours. That's just a general rule of thumb that okay. one guy said. About being I know expert. more about C.S. Lewis than most people do. Although I've, I, I would actually say it takes more than just 10,000 hours. You know, I, there are so many people that have probably been driving for 10,000 hours. <laughs> you know, true. But, but they haven't like if you're intentionally making steps to improving you're well, not. and just driving on the road doesn't necessarily make you a better driver like if you're driving like you got to drive at higher speeds different terrain different uh visibilities like with rain and stuff true you know so there's an array of different complexities regarding mastery awesome do you want to hit some fun facts simon yeah, oh, I, never, uh, I was hoping i would get away with not sharing mine <laughs> i'm just kidding uh fun facts are uh i actually like the rain mm. um, dude same i am big into okay. art and just um how people interpret art i think it's really cool mm. how we can express uh emotions and things that words can't capture in a medium that is art so that's and your major oh major undecided but um looking making steps towards finding it and uh I'm, I also like to learn, so it's exciting. Got you. It's yeah. good. What are we going to hit next? What's this podcast, guys? What are we doing here? Well, I like to have discussion, <laughs> yeah. specifically on the top floor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Best place I, to have it. I think in a world increasingly more so being intertwined with technology, like with social media being ever more prevalent it's important to step away and get off and just have long conversations with, with people you know real conversations not just messages on text or whatever you know yeah, for sure so there's not much distraction we're kind of locked in this room together for an hour i feel like that is the biggest uh like reason why we're doing this you know just to get away for a little bit at yeah. least in my that's it's a nice that's break in the middle of the day um I uh, don't know what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so some things that we'd like to cover on this podcast, just so like to give some context. So in my in my mind, we're covering covering everything from like we could talk about golf and we could talk about um, Rubik's cubes. We could talk about the church or whatever. Like yeah. it can we can go anything wherever really. we want. Um, yeah, uh, 
one thing that I'm really excited to do is bring people on to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to learn the most and we're going to have the best discussion. Yep. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And discussion between us three, I think, will be good, too. But yeah. I'm really excited to learn. The one others. thing that I am concerned about, though, is that it will maybe get a little cluttered, like audio-wise, with four people. True. Although maybe if it's centered on one person, it'll actually be better than the three of us. We can have one man, like, manning the soundboard and pressing all these buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Sound guy. Muting Winston constantly. No. Oh, we'll <laughs> um, yeah. My... I remember what I was going to say. I'll give you an origin of the podcast. I was driving home from uh, intramural soccer mm-hmm. with Drew, and I said, I took a tour today, uh, and I found out that we have a podcast studio on campus that we have access to. And Drew was like, I'm really into podcasts. And uh, started texting and realized that it could be something very beneficial to us. And then we were like, you know who's a really interesting and cool guy? Winston Fragger. Yeah, he's our third. So I was still an afterthought, though. So yeah, he wasn't there. He was a couple of guys. Origin, origin. Yeah, we asked a couple of guys. They said no, and so it got down. Winston was like, "Oh, you did not need to share that." I was (laughs) even an afterthought to the afterthoughts. (laughs) No, we're just kidding. That's a joke. But uh, yeah, it's a. It'll be a good experience for us. Hopefully, for everyone listening. All right, so we have all of our planned discussion pretty much gone over one thing i would like to talk about is just in general sports what's like your guys huh i said i like it yeah uh simon i know you play soccer is there anything else that you i've dabbled in uh basketball okay in the driveways around the neighborhoods of okay. the united states yeah. um just pick up games it's a great sport um Soccer, I will say, is my favorite sport, but playing on a casual level is a little bit more tricky because it's a lot of. Um, I got to be careful how I say this. <laughs> well, let's just say, like, what level did you play at before? High school soccer, okay. backyard basketball. Okay. And then um, other sports have not really done yeah, got too you. much of, but I like them. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're going to say about. Uh, soccer. I find a better way to word it, I guess. Yeah. So sports that I've played, I played football in middle school, and I was pretty small going into high school, so I ended up dropping it for tennis because I did not want to mm. get crushed every day at practice, uh, which I, I am happy about. But uh, our football team at our school is really successful at the end of high school, mm. and so part of me wishes that I would have stuck with it, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it. And then. Like I said, tennis, really fun, really hard sport. It's a lot harder than a lot of other sports. It gets made fun of, but it's technically one of the most difficult sports to play. And I think because of that, it gives people opportunities to be good at it that otherwise wouldn't be good at sports. Don't get me wrong, you still have to be an insane athlete, but someone who's not physically gifted could have insane technique and like placement of the ball and be insane at tennis. Yes. The last thing that I've done is track and field. Done it since sixth grade and was never really fast. Couldn't really, didn't have endurance. So I went to high jump and never really specialized until, well, yeah, never really specialized until high school. So, and then Drew, you play golf? Yeah, golf. Um, 
I've I've played like elementary basketball or baseball, elementary school. Yeah. Um, and I love like playing those like with friends and stuff. I'm not that good, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I love golf. Awesome. <laughs> I could I could talk for so long on golf. One thing I cannot understand is baseball. I, I was just about to hate on baseball. <laughs> I was just it, about to say that. It's a lot more fun when you're playing it. Like no, yeah, there is. It's a lot Watching more fun when the hard. Phillies are winning. But baseball, I played t-ball, and that was my concept of baseball. See, if I was probably if I was better at it, I might enjoy it. But I don't understand. You stand in a field if you're in the outfield, and your pitcher strikes out the batter who has a hard job of hitting the ball. And if the ball gets hit, you can catch it, and then it's done. Only one guy gets to catch it. And then if he doesn't catch it, the batter still doesn't score. He has to go to a base, and he can still get thrown out. So, I don't know. There's a lot of... I don't know how yeah. much... It seems a lot Be, very to random. To me, what sounds boring is... Or just not necessarily boring, but just not exciting is that the pitcher throws to the batter and they like at least in professional they throw it so fast and so hard that i feel like it's just a luck that the batter hits it in the first place and it's like what like why is this fun to watch there's it's, so much randomness to it yeah if he where's does like, connect with the ball where's where like does the ball go you see this guy dribble around another guy the passing like there's so much more that you can see that like yeah. i think makes for so much better of a sport People say this about golf, though. Like people say, it's just like hit the ball, walk up to the ball, hit the ball, walk up. To the but ball. golf isn't luck. The ball, the ball is stationary, and and it's all I, about that person's form, and it's got to be perfect. Yeah. But in baseball, you you see you see the distinction. I mean, someone with better form is gonna play better baseball. Like there's a ton of form in baseball. But it's a pitcher versus a batter. Well, yeah, but the pitcher can put different spins on it too, and like, how do you know if it's gonna go in the box or not? It's just. And then and, if you hit it. You have to hope that somebody doesn't catch it, and then if they don't catch it, you have to get to the base in time, otherwise you're getting thrown out. So that's my spiel on baseball. <laughs> I'll disagree with you guys, but good. All right, respectfully. Uh, so I got my but objectively thought. wrong. <laughs> I got my thought on soccer. It's for me. I the thing I enjoy about it is the is the shapes and the foot like soccer IQ that is what makes it intriguing like the the tactics of soccer it's an art so agreed you have to pass in a triangle ideally and just your positioning really matters in your shape and playing backyard soccer you can't really it's not the most fun to just sit there and like draw up tactics and how you're going to how you're going to play um so you're saying like when we play on the IM fields, like it's it's like <laughs> it's fun, but it's dumbed down soccer that because there's no there's no passing strategy. It's just yeah, because a lot of people are beginners. But once yeah. you get into like more competitive, I love playing soccer with you, Drew Thank Winston. You. Thanks. No soccer. By saying I, that, you're implying that I'm a beginner. You are okay. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> No, but I love I love when people want to try something new, and it's really fun to get out there on the IM mm-hmm. fields and, you know, play some footy. It reminds me of something like, like Rocket League. So I used to be Explain. big in Rocket League. 
Rocket League is such a technical game. You can control every single aspect of your car. Yeah. If you don't know what Rocket League is, it's basically I a don't. video game. Huh? I don't. Okay, well, it's it's a video game where you play soccer, but everyone is cars. And you like you can control every aspect of your car to the point where you can do some very technical moves and it can be seen as a very technical game. However, one of the most important things is your rotations around the field. And like you never really realize how important it is. And then that kind of is a derivation from regular soccer. It's just like yeah. positioning is so important, but no one really realizes it because that's not flashy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like football, how like the lineman, a good line makes the like that. That's why the team wins, you know, yeah. but no one sees sure. that. They see the flashy catch that the wide receiver makes or the breakaway interception, you know. Where somebody puts in hustle away from the ball allows the guy on the ball, like, exactly. it just benefits everyone else. So. In soccer, if you're running off ball, you're doing a lot of good instead of just standing still when you don't so, have it. So, I have a question. In soccer, what is the role of the people that don't have the ball? Is it getting open so that you can make those passes? or So, it's a lot of geometry and angles. So, where somebody has a ball and where they're facing, they can't get the ball to you. And you might not be, might be way out of the way where they wouldn't even think about getting the ball to you even if they were open. But... You have to think about where you are, where their defender is, where your defender is, and where they are. And all that combined is it's tricky to get the ball to somebody. Yeah. So your positioning really matters. So you want to – and you know that your defender is going to be on you. So you get wider on the field, and then the middle of the field opens up because you're pulling people away from the middle. And so even if you don't get the ball, you're pulling people out of play. I gotcha. And huh. if they don't follow you, you get the ball. Yeah. So it's a, there's a lot to it. But um, I was going to ask another, another question. How much success have you guys had in sports, and does that matter to you, success in sport? Drew, you want to take this one? Um, I don't know. I think it's, like, different for an individual sport like golf than, like, a team sport like soccer because – Golf, like, I can see exactly how well I'm doing. Like, I have my scores from, like, the past months, and, like, yeah. um, I can see that it, it, either it's improving or it's not, and that's not on my team, and that's not, like, like I have my scores, which I think is really interesting. So, like, I feel like I'm saying like again. Um, I probably am, too. Okay. As of recent, I've never – I haven't played – team sports the last team sport that i really played was in middle school middle school football mm -hmm. <laughs> so i cannot really i can't really comment on what it's like to be a part yeah. of team what sport. Is, yeah what i was going to say is like outcomes are are huge like i i can beat myself up for not playing well and i can congratulate myself because i know i've played well and so like i feel um yeah, I, I play for outcomes. Like, that's huge. I guess I'm yeah. just asking how competitive are you? Would you drop a sport if you were terrible at it? <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't play it as much, you know. I think naturally just because I'm not as good as it, I don't enjoy it as much. So yeah. I wouldn't play it as much. But I, I would not quit it in a sense of never playing again. Yeah.
I played, although ironically, I I probably will, but I probably won't ever play tennis again. I just, you lose your technical skills so fast, I realized. And based on how good I knew that I used to be, it's not enjoyable for me to go out and play again because I've lost so much skill. Literally just over a winner even, you lose so much skill because you haven't been playing. You know, yeah. you can't go and play unless you get a membership to like an like a inside uh, playing. You know what I'm saying. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so for that reason, I just, I thought it was frustrating. And I mean, you know what it's like if you used to be good at something and you can't do it anymore at the same level. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. So I, I probably won't ever play it again. Like seriously, who knows? I might. I still have my racket and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like high jump, high jump is a very... It's a very individual sport, but it's also pretty social because you have time in between your jumps to talk to the competitors. Yeah. With me, uh, <laughs> I I wasn't very good when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. but I kept going, and I'm glad that I did because later when I got more muscle and I got better form, then I really took off. And so that quitting when I was bad, or sorry, not quitting when I was bad, was awesome later to enjoy. So yeah. does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say with my experience, I so I played soccer in high school and middle school, and I've never won anything. My team was historically bad. Mm. And I don't know. I still like the sport. And I was just wondering yeah. what you guys' experiences were because I know some people are more successful than others, but um, I'm sure it comes down to uh, like the science of sport mm-hmm. and how much uh, chemical reactions go on when you're releasing. When I played my senior year of tennis, juices. <laughs> my partner, so I was I was a doubles player, my partner had a really hard mental game the last half the season. And when you're playing tennis, it's just like, well, anything doubles. It's really hard when your partner is struggling mentally because not only does it drag you down, but you have to try and stay up plus bring your teammate up with you mentally. And it just got so hard. And partly because of that, like, I didn't look forward to matches because while I didn't, like, expect to lose, I still knew it was going to be hard even if it was an easier match like yeah it, it just it just really stunk so i thought i enjoyed high jump significantly more purely because it was individual you know if i messed up it was me and if i didn't well it was me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe a little prideful but i i enjoy it when i don't have to count on someone else yeah my senior year of golf, I came into the season expecting to probably be, like, the number two or number three guy on the team. Like, I was excited for the season, like, really pumped. And then a couple weeks into the season, my swing just broke down and I had nothing. And, like, I dropped off varsity for a few weeks. And um, I finally made it back onto varsity. Like, my swing started coming back together. And that was, like... Those weeks where I was like on JV, I wasn't depressed, but like, yeah, that was tough. Um, and I think it 
was just the love of the game that kept me going. And then I got back and got to play in the conference championships and did well there. And Isn't it that, interesting how, like, we have these ups and downs in sports? Like, logically, you'd think, okay, you start at one point, you practice, you keep practicing, you're going to have a steady increase upwards, right? But it, it, there are always dips. Like in tennis, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because some weeks my serve would just be completely off and it would be so frustrating. And then a couple of weeks later, I would get it back. And it's like, what even happened? This summer, I went bowling for the first time in months. And my first my first round, I got a 198. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, my third, actually, no, my second highest score ever. Like, insane. Wow. Yeah, so... My best is 210, then 198, and then 196. And then my next round, I barely got 130. It was, uh, <laughs> it was awful. And I think, I, like in, um, in retrospect, what I think happened was since it had been so long since I'd been bowling, I hadn't thought about my form at all. You know, I just played. And then after that first round, then I started to think about it. Like, oh, I need to do... Yeah. This type of spin on it, right? And then once I started thinking about it, yeah. I added consciousness to a movement that shouldn't be conscious. Just muscle memory. Yeah. 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 And then golf. And then the round after, I did even better. I got like one one sixty. No, no, no. I got one seventy or something. And so that was I think then I maybe added too much consciousness. So then I actually wait did get a little bit better. Yeah. But in all my sports, I've realized, like, well, I'm not really in a sport where you have to consciously think about something. But, like, in high jump, if I don't think about it, if I don't think about my jump, I jump amazing. My best jumps through high school have typically always been at the beginning of the season, which is so odd. Well, That's odd. here, let me, let me be more specific. I have insane jumps in the beginning of the season, usually a PR, and then... It'll go down or stay the same for a while. And then about a little bit, uh, half, a little over halfway through the season, then I will get my highest. And then from there, it kind of goes down. And it's just, it's interesting. Like, I remember the first meet of my last year of high jump. I had a jump that was 6'7", six, 6'8". Worthy, but I, mm. I clipped my calf on six six. So my Ooh. so I PR'd at six five, but my jump was so high, it just at that point the technical part of it played in where I I wasn't technical enough. Later, when I got more technical, my form was better, my mental side was worse. I don't like I don't even understand, but I just I I wasn't jumping as high because I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I obviously notice that some days I am the worst basketball player to ever grace a court. Some days I'm like prime Michael Jordan. You haven't watched me yet. I want to play against you guys in basketball. But I don't. I hate basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten into golf, Drew, lately, recently? Because you said you love the sport. So do you still, you know? Like when's the last time that you've been? Uh... Right before the school year started. So mm-hmm. I 
um, if I get in the financial condition where I can, uh, like, play regularly, regularly, um, I'd love to do that. Yeah. But um, golf takes a little bit of money to play. So yeah, can um, you join a golf club? Uh, you can. I Purdue. think. Um, oh, like yeah, Purdue has a golf club. Um, I I hope you have like a bunch. You probably got to be so good to be on that team. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been uh, recommended. I've heard not great things about it. Really? Um, when I go golfing, I bring a bunch of golf clubs. Well, yeah. No way. Yeah. Okay. Um. We have a soundboard here, <laughs> and it's really tempting to touch sometimes. I love it. And Simon can't control himself. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I yeah, I love golf, and I I watch a lot of golf, and whenever I go on like stretches where I watch golf for like a lot of weeks in a row, it makes me want to go play so bad because I like see the professional swing, and I'm like. Okay, now I'm locked in. Like it makes you feel like you play. can play like them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I could go break par today, and I've never even gotten close in my life. Mm. Yeah. You should get out there. It's so interesting. I want to so bad. Yeah. In disc know. golf, so in in golf, the goal is to get par, mm-hmm. whereas in disc golf, the goal is to get a birdie. Sure. So it's just it's interesting when you say like I've never broken par, and it's like what, you know, me as a disc golfer, but. You know, I've I've never gotten eighteen under that. Like that is insane. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's insane for pros too. So I guess I don't really know. But it's just a different goal of the game. Simon has something to say. He's making a weird face, but he's not saying. <laughs> um, what makes golf so expensive? Um, it's a gentleman's game. So it was the game was built around the. Um, like the wealthy being able to play, and it, it is like golf course hasn't changed. I don't um, think that's it. I think it's totally the maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Think about well, how much work it takes goes up, into a yeah, golf course. Yeah, it's acres of land, and it costs so much money to build a golf course. I mean, maintenance costs a significant amount too. But does um, it matter how nice the grounds are? When you're oh, playing golf, for sure. Like, <laughs> well, it, kind of, have you ever been? I'm golfing? just okay. saying, like, could you enjoy golf on a less nice course, even if, like, if it's cheaper? I don't yeah. think you could. Um, I mean, I don't play golf, but yeah. So, like, to to someone who's like golf once or twice, like, the difference wouldn't be that big. Yeah. But like, I have I have my list of like favorite courses, and I know like which courses I like and which courses play to my strengths, and um. Stuff like that, mm. where like yeah, the the golf course is huge. Like nice. Like when I when I take a new person disc golfing, I can either give them like my favorite disc, or I can give them like one of my crappy discs that's beat in, it's yeah. you know half broken. But to them, there is absolutely no difference, yeah. right? They fly the exact same, and I I imagine it's similar. Like to a beginner, like they're they just don't know enough to be able to understand the difference, mm-hmm. whereas. Obviously, like when you get better, then you're like, oh, like this yeah. is, yeah. And For, it's probably the same with clubs too. Like, yeah, with a, you know, like the difference between a seven and an eight iron is like four or five degrees loft. But, um, I don't like, even know what that means. The club face will be like lofted 
five degrees more on an eight iron than a seven iron. Okay. And so an eight iron will fly farther and go shorter. And the difference between those for me is going to be about 14 yards. And I can tell, like, this <laughs> what is, the heck? like my seven iron's going to fly. That's if you hit it perfectly. So if you're if you pure yeah, yeah. that thing. So we have there's a whole bunch of different golf terms that wouldn't make sense, but we'd have like a stock or like a basic seven iron shot, which for me, um, like mid season might fly a hundred and seventy five yards. And so and if the pins the pins playing like one if the pins playing like one sixty eight and that's right between like a seven and an eight iron, I'm gonna play like a knockdown seven, meaning that I'm gonna take a little bit of off of my seven iron swing to try to get it to that pin. And so it's like that there's so like little difference between I have uh fourteen clubs in my bag yeah. that I use for mm. completely different things. And you may master like three clubs, but you still have eleven clubs that you yeah, have. Well yeah, some weeks like my driver will be on fire but I can't putt and the next week like I'll be sinking every putt but I can't hit a driver to save Okay, my so life. Obviously, there's a difference between driving and putting, but is there really that big of a difference between, like, the form in a high-speed driver and a low-speed driver? Um, like, like I'm saying, so, like a, well, I don't even know the terms, but, like, one that you would drive 300 yards and then one that you would drive 100 yards. Yeah, so a lot of golfers, I'm not sure if this is what you're going at, but a lot, a lot of golfers will carry a couple of different driver swings one is like a full swing where they're just trying to rip the ball as far down the fairway as they, uh as they can take it usually will like slice or cut more or whatever mm-hmm. um and then they'll carry like a fairway finder swing where one they're more confident will find the fairway and so there's there's different like technique in that where i have one swing where i'm probably 70% confident that this ball is going to find the fairway and I have one swing where I'm like 30% confident that this ball is going to find the fairway but I also think it's going to go 40 yards further. Gotcha. Yeah. And you got to evaluate the risk on each. Yeah. On each drive. Yeah. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's such a like strategy game. Like yeah. That's awesome. Okay, here's a question. What do you think defines a person as athletic? Because like okay, Tiger Woods. Would you call him an athletic oh, so person? Athletic. No. No. So then, what what is your criteria for someone being athletic, Simon? Actually, yes. Okay. I was gonna I was gonna define athletic as being like extremely fit and just kind of a freak of nature, but I just realized that that just means being fit. So being athletic would mean being a really good athlete. Yes. And so by definition, Tiger Woods would be a good athlete. He would be athletic. I would typically define someone as athletic as being being able to pick up different sports easily. So in a sense... Jack of all trades. Yes. Like LeBron. Yeah. I think... I think LeBron's insane. He could be a professional athlete in anything he wants to do. He just chose basketball because it pays the most. Yeah. Steph Curry's golf swing. Like, if Steph Curry wanted to, he could quit basketball and, like, make money playing golf. I think basketball huh. players are the most athletic athletes. Not soccer? 
soccer players? I've heard the argument that soccer is the most athletic sport. Mm. Mm. Like I said, I think that it's a lot in tactics and soccer like IQ and knowing the sport. So um, you don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the strongest. Like if you look at Messi, he's like the greatest player of all time yeah. in my opinion. But he's he's short. He's not crazy tall. He couldn't dunk a basketball if he tried. Um, but he's agile um, and he's smart. He's super, super smart. And obviously he's got that great foot. But, yeah, you don't have to be like the fastest or the yeah. strongest, which is what I'm not. I'm not strong or fast yeah so i played soccer <laughs> what about this uh well no you're fast what are you talking about mm, not compared to like football players or i don't know i guess here's an idea the mma thank you Ooh. um do you think that is more or less athletic than basketball because think about it you're fighting another person. Like, obviously, it's a very technical sport. But you also have to take a beating and perform to your best ability, like, at the same time. Whereas basketball, like, yeah, I can get physical, but, I mean, mostly it's just, like, you're running up and down the court. To what extent is MMA a sport, though? Because... Oh, it's 100% a sport. I'm sure it's a sport, but it's just, like, it's not... <clears throat> It's it's fighting another person. It's not competition. It's like survival. No, no. It's it's like wrestling. Wrestling's a sport. Yeah, but you're trying to kill the other person. You're trying to like knock him out. That's survival. You're a trying sport to survive to a more in intense degree. Yeah, but you're trying to win points. You're trying to win the match. I don't understand how you don't understand that it's. <laughs> you get what I'm getting at. Yeah, I I see it. Like, there's not in basketball and football. It's easier to see, like, oh, they scored a two pointer, or right. oh, they scored a touchdown. Like, that's obvious points. But you know, if they get a submission, that's a point. You know, right. well, that that would end the match. But like, depending on how many hits I guess they get, I, I just don't many, know enough about MMA. Yeah, to, I, I guess that's fair. So to say anything about it, I don't even know that much either. It's just, I would say basketball players are more athletic. Okay. Just because I don't know much about yeah, them. Yeah, I got but you. they're definitely like in crazy shape and their mental is yeah. also very high. Yeah. I'm not sure. Recently I've been picking up running. Running. Yeah. We touched on that in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you two are are you still in I haven't, training? I haven't ran in a while. Okay. I, I wanted to, but like Do we it. were talking about it earlier. The fall off, I haven't ran in a week. Is that going to, if I, I, I want to keep, I okay. don't know. So I ran this Saturday. The last time I ran before that was f the Friday before. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, not the Friday of the same week. Yeah. So that was over Did you a have week. a same pace? Filter? I ran my best time ever. Wow. So I think you can always push yourself more. There's so much, like... We can always go harder. We, our minds just don't allow us to. It's yeah. it's so interesting. I wish we could just turn off our brain sometimes. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I you can totally do it. It's just like if you don't train for it, yeah, it's gonna suck. But 
if you if you do a little bit, you can get through it, you know, and it'll still be fun. I think. Yeah, I'm excited. I I, I want to give this half marathon a go and see how see how I run. You look like you're about to say something. You, you've been I was. Stew, you've been stewing over uh, there for uh, a little bit. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> nah. Um. I don't know. We were talking about okay. MMA. Okay, yeah. Here's what I was gonna say. Um, I think. So I had this theory earlier. I created it this summer that pickleball is not a sport. No. Keep going. Are you agreeing with me? Okay. Or? Well, it technically is, Just, but <laughs> carry on. I want to okay. hear this. Um, each sport can. Um, each sport has three different categories and it. it has athletic or it has like physical ability as strategy and it has form okay e- each sport has some level of these three components so in golf the form part of this is highly stressed like the golfer with with the best form is probably going to win you don't have to be the strongest well yeah. form and strategy so um, but but, f- but but without form, then you can't perform the strategy. So. Uh yeah, yeah. I know um, what you're saying every sport has those three things. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And they're and highly focused on. Yeah, I think in pickleball, there's no perfect combination of those three things. Like, if you're gonna argue that pickleball focuses on form, I don't think the per- person with the best form. And pickleball wins. I don't think the best, like, I don't think the uh, person with the best strategy wins. And I, I would disagree the, on that. I don't that think point. the person with, like, the strongest person wins. Pickleball is definitely a sport. It's not physical. It's, it doesn't have as much form as a lot of other sports. For example, literally every other sport. <laughs> but there's still a high degree of form and ability to like hit the correct angle and strategy and spin and yeah. to have one person it, it is hard to get yeah. a good amount of spin on a pickleball paddle yes maybe so but i think it's a lesser sport because here's here's how you can measure it it's too. for old people bro i think <laughs> I th- <laughs> sorry old people listening i think i could go play pickleball for a month like and play pickleball like once a day or a few times a week, and I think I could be as good as like almost anyone. No, not no. It's, anyone, it's not okay. It's not for old people because I thoroughly enjoy a good game of pickleball, but it's very universal. A lot of people can play it, obviously. But yeah. if you're playing, same against, thing with ping pong. But if you watch the ping pong professionals, they are insane. They will destroy you. Yes, you know, ping I, can, pong. I can play my grandpa in ping pong. You know, yeah. I don't know. With with pickleball, I I mean I cannot agree with you on the on the strategy side. I so I saw Rubik's cubes. Someone I'm just explaining this so that you can better understand uh pickleball. Someone that just solves the Rubik's cube like just say a minute in time. They do not understand how much complexity there is to the Rubik's cube. They don't they haven't even learned the superior method, which is what all the pros use. And then they don't even know all the complexities within that single method that can get them better and better. So 
along with that, like when I get better, when I get to 30 seconds, for example, I understand, oh, there's so much more to this than I even knew before. Yeah. Well, I'm at, I'm at 12 seconds right now about my average. And when I talk to someone who's averaging around 20 seconds, they don't understand anything. Like you think 12 seconds and 20 seconds pretty close together. Like it's, it's uncomparable. They, they don't understand anything about the Rubik's cube with respect to how much they could understand. And then me, like, I think I have a pretty good understanding, but compared to someone who solves in five seconds, they're probably like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Like, he doesn't understand. And so I think you've got to take the perspective that since you don't play pickleball, you don't understand how much strategy there actually is. I've seen short clips on, like, Instagram or whatever of try this pickleball reel or try this pickleball strategy. I don't even play pickleball, so I don't know why it's on my feed, but it's just I I there's got to be so much more to it than we even understand, and I wish that I did understand pickleball so I could have a stronger argument. But you kind of see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like the, from the outside looking in, you don't understand. I'm probably just naive, right? It's step like on the pickleball with me. Step on the pickleball court with me, and I'll show you. I'll school you. I'll take you to school. Teach you something. I'll take you up on that. If you watch professional chess players, if you don't... Is chess a sport? No. If you don't play chess, like, (laughs) it it looks like they're just, like, they're looking at this thing and, like, oh, yeah, they're super smart. But if you actually start to understand what chess is, you, your respect and reverence for these players skyrockets. I... It's got to be the same for pickleball. Like, the the pro pickleball players have got to be so good at the game that we don't even understand yeah. how good they are. I don't know. What do you what What are you your thoughts on uh, watching sports or like looking at players and you know enjoying sports? Because I know that we're all from uh, the AC Church and uh, thinking about um, giving time to a sport or like watching it. It's might be a topic of controversy. What do you what do you guys think about that? The way that it was explained to me was that typically when you play sports you become prideful and Yeah. And obviously why would you willingly participate in something that will increase your pride? You know? Yeah. And I think it's it's definitely can be a trap. Um, but uh, yeah, there there's there's something valid in that, but I I think it became a little legalistic like there's there's two sides to everything yeah for example our denomination dresses up really nice for church right always button up shirt some people wear a tie too and i think the original idea behind that is that you dress nice because like like why do you go to church you go there to worship the creator the creator of the universe and you sh- you should present yourself the best that you can. If you were to go to a celebrity dinner, of course you would wear your best thing. You might even go out and buy new new clothes, you know, just to wear th- to that. And so it's like, why don't we dress like that for church? But then there's the other side of it. As, like some people, they're like, oh, I look better than that person, you know. It so there's two sides. There's always the honorable side, and then there's the prideful side. And I think that's the exact same with sports. Yeah, I I fully agree that it's all about intent, but 
Uh, one of the reasons I got baptized in my pond uh, was so that I could play sports. In hindsight, I wasn't ready to join the AC Church, so I think it was best for me anyways. But one of my reasons was that I still wanted to play sports because I still had my senior year in front of me. And I'm really glad that I did play sports. I think I had a positive impact on the teams that I was on. And like with high jump, I had a good amount of success my senior year. And I feel like I was able to represent humility in that. And don't get me wrong, I was definitely prideful on the inside, like (laughs) a lot. Uh, But, you know, I I never, I didn't showboat after I won. Like I, I kept it. Um, under control and I feel like some people needed to see that because really <laughs> like I, I had some underclassmen be like dude you won I'm like yeah like I don't, I don't know yeah it's so. important not to um, I mean when you said that did you end up afterwards realizing that you did have that pride inside and then address it or how did you go about that because I know that just because you don't ex- you don't show anything on the outside doesn't mean. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely still on the inside. I'm I'm glad I did it because I would never have that opportunity ever again, you know. But I don't know. It How did I address it? I guess I didn't. I don't know. And it's hard to. It's like like how do you even address your inner pride, right. you know, because it's easy to address the pride that you're showing off to others. For example, like, yeah, I won last night. You know, that's actively being prideful because you're you're um, telling people about that, right? So that's easy to control. You just shut your mouth. I mean, it's not easy to control, but you understand how to. Right. Whereas being prideful on the inside, it's like how... Nobody can really help you with that. It's yeah, internal. Yeah, how do you... It's kind of kind of like uh, your first impressions of people. I know how, by mm-hmm. the way. I know how to deal with it. All right. It's a little thing called grace. Yes. Um, yeah. I sports getting getting prideful with when I would play good, and then I had this expectation on myself and pride that I could play at this level, and then I wouldn't. Um, that's where. I think personal convictions is a thing where someone might be convicted in a way to not play sports because they have elevated it so high in their life. Whereas I might not have that same conviction and that doesn't mean one's wrong and the other's right or vice Mm -hmm. versa. Like I'm not right. They're not, it's all personal convictions. Yeah. Uh, And I think that can go for a lot of different topics, not just sports, but when it becomes a problem is when, you know, idol idolization, pride, uh, yeah, exactly. overstepping boundaries and uh, losing sight of most important things. Of what really matters. Yeah. I don't have anything to add. We do need to wrap up. But one other thing that I wanted to touch on, like, just how I kind of utilized my position in sports was... Because I I knew going into it, I'm doing this because I want to be a good example. Because if I was going into it being like, okay, yeah, I don't want to join the church because I want to be prideful. (laughs) You know, like, I I wanted to play sports, but for a a better reason. And so in that, like, uh, with my tennis team, for example, every before every match, we would 
our team would say a prayer. And so that's one thing, like, you just volunteer to pray or yeah. just other things like that. Like, I remember when I was a freshman on the tennis team, the seniors made made the team. It was so much fun. They were so inclusive. It was it was a ball. You know, they were so nice. And they would tell stories of when they were freshmen, like, all the seniors were, like, bullying them or whatever. Yeah, I love, but I love th- seniors. That, I don't want to say that my freshman year was my most fun year of tennis, but it was definitely up there because – like I said, just the upperclassmen were so much, so much fun. And so going into my senior year, I tried to be that upperclassman to the underclassmen. Yeah. And I think I did that job, at least to the best of my ability. And, like, during during my uh, high jump season, a couple times before a, a meet, I would pray with the high jumpers. And it's just like, that, like, I don't know. That's what fills I feel hearts. like, I feel like that benefit that I gave to my teammates is better than, or at least is enough to compensate the pride that I had on the inside, which maybe isn't true, but I don't know. There's goods and bads to everything, and I would have rather given the good to my team. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 We're called to be a light in the world. Yep. I have a closing question because we should wrap this up. Okay. What sport would Jesus play? I don't think he would play sports. You don't think he would play sports? No. I think he'd play soccer. What? (laughs) What are you saying? I think he'd definitely do MMA. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Professional fishing. Yeah. I mean, oh, true. He, He loves fishing. Not a sport. In my opinion, that's also true. I can what? just I can see Jesus just picking up a soccer ball. And you playing. disagree with that? Um, it. I mean, I don't know. You I don't know. I will look about, it up. I don't know quick. enough about fishing, but like sometimes, like I don't know. Depends on where you're fishing, I guess. It takes athletic ability to reel in a fish. Like keep it. On okay, the I'm objectively wrong. It says here that. Uh, just going by the mere definition, fishing is most definitely a sport. Most definitely. Who said? Google? Uh, fishanywhere.com. <laughs> That's a little bit biased. So. Um, anyway, I think Jesus would play soccer because he loves the little children, and I can just see him in Israel playing with those kids. Um, I, yeah, I just fair. I just think he'd want to spend time with people. And oh, if, see, I was going, like, professional. Oh, athlete. no. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he would play it. I mean, there's, there's totally nothing like about that. Just playing with other people, just having fun. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, before you wrap up, um, one thing we appreciate the comments from episode zero, um, the first little thing that we put out. Um, but comments can be sent to Drew Platner at iCloud.com in the email that. I use for nothing else other than podcasts now. You do have a Gmail, though, right? I do. I've, okay, good. That's my third. I was like, no, no way you just have an iCloud. No, no, no. That, I realize I had an email for nothing else. So, drewplatner at iCloud.com, or you can text me if, I've, or if you have my number. Thanks for listening. Yep. Yeah, later. Top floor discussion. Have a great baby. afternoon. Let's go.